Hello and welcome to this special episode of the Spotlight Podcast. We're coming to you from the Edinburgh Fringe. I'm Christina Kerr, I work at Spotlight, and today we're chatting to the boys behind Bromance. The boys are Baron D'Amico, Louis Gift, and Charlie Wheeler. We'll be chatting all things circus performing and the ways to keep up your momentum in a long run. I'll let the boys introduce themselves, but hope you enjoy the podcast. Hi, I'm Baron D'Amico in Bromance. I'm a flyer slash acrobat. Hi, I'm Louis Gift from Bromance. I'm a bass slash acrobat. Hey, I'm Charlie Wheeler from uh, Bromance, and I spin in the sear wheel and do some acrobatics. And together, we are a barely methodical troupe. Guys, thank you so much for joining us on the Spotlight Podcast. Uh, We've just seen your show. It was brilliant. Can you you talk to me a little bit about how you came to circus? Because I've been reading that you all started off in very different sorts of skills. How did you discover circus? Um, For me, I guess like circus was the first thing I ever saw because my parents toured with a company called Our Chaos, but they weren't circus acrobats. My dad was a musician who did music in the show. Oh, nice. But from very young age, I saw circus. And I guess because of that, I just became super obsessed with like everything physical. Yeah. So I grew up doing Taekwondo and various other things and kind of taught myself how to do flips. So eventually just circus seemed like the necessary path to take. I found out there was such thing as circus school because I didn't know that existed until I was about like 19. And I was like, that's me. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> that's what I'm doing with my life. So. Nice. Yeah. Um, I started off doing parkour during A-levels. Um, I got really into that. Were you doing your A-levels or were you just doing parkour? <laughs> <laughs> um, probably a bit more parkour than I should have been doing. Maybe. Um, but yeah, yeah, so... Yeah, I was doing A-levels, didn't really want to go to study anything academic. Um, and then my dad actually told me about Circus Base, now, which is now called the National Centre for Circus Arts in Hoxton. Because um, he had done like, classes there as well. He had gone to oh, really? do some acrobatics classes. But nice. he, was, he was too embarrassed to tell me until I was in third year. <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, how did he even know about this place in the first place? Like, I never even thought That's to how he it. knew. So yeah, just, like, I, went, I couldn't do a cartwheel. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, went to went to uh, Circus Base in 2010, National Centre in 2010, met these boys, and that is my history. pathway into circus. <laughs> <laughs> and you, Charlie? Um, I was very into like drama and dance as a kid, a bit of break dance, and I was looking at kind of UCAS, at w- where to go for university, maybe drama school or dance school, and then randomly found out about um, circus school, which sounded pretty funny, pretty cool audition for that and I was in the same audition as Louis actually and uh, we both just saw oh this is a very big, amazing place we thought well I don't know what Louis thought but I thought it was going to be a tent or <laughs> you know, a church or something like that I really um, we still have that uh, preconceptions of what circus is in this country and I enjoyed them being shattered absolutely there yeah and saw that it was a very exciting place with beautiful facilities and a really cool idea so we we had a lot of fun at the degree program and went from there. Yeah. So how did you guys form a troupe? Like, how does that come together? Do you just see each other across the, I don't know, way and kind of go, let's like make some circus together? How did that come about? Um, in first year, when we were all in first year, um, we all met each other and we all had similar skill sets. Charlie doing breakdancing, Lou doing parkour, and I did tricking, and they're all kind of like married similar. to yeah. each other. Yeah. So we got on from the get-go. And it seemed like everyone else in our year already kind of knew what circus was and knew the terminology and the names for tricks. And they'd done all their research and we didn't know 
anything mm-hmm. at all. The only thing was it was cool and we <laughs> wanted to do it and that's it. So we kind of found ourselves in the acrobatic studio that has like a bouncy floor. Oh yeah. We found ourselves in there just all the time, just putting on crazy loud music and just throwing tricks. And that's the way we're used to training. Yeah. Um, Which isn't how gymnasts no. and others kind of necessarily circus people True. kind of generally no. train. We actually got told off because pe- <laughs> people were too um, intimidated to come into the aqua studio when we were in there. Oh but God. we weren't intimidated <laughs> at all. It's just the way we trained is like put on some really obnoxious music <laughs> and just jump around. Um, yeah, and then it kind of became like a little role play from the beginning of school to like create a company. We gave ourselves a name and um, luckily for us, it just kind of became where true. The, the role play just became reality. Where did the name come from, by the way? I <laughs> 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 thought it was such just a reflection of the crazy music <laughs> days or... <laughs> so far away from... <laughs> <laughs> um, so basically, <laughs> in first year... Um, there was a group of us that would always go and get lunch together and we um, we all kind of did acrobatics together. There was a couple of other guys, um, a guy called JD and Mike, and JD's actually in our second show now, so we did end up working with him. But yeah, um, and the only lunch day that we had off, like all together at the same time was a Thursday. And so we'd make our way from uh, the National Centre to Subway. <laughs> Excellent. Where the sub of the day was the Italian BMT. Okay. <laughs> oh and my then, goodness. Yeah, this is a really yeah. yeah. to draw. I hope they don't hear this and sue us. And the Italian BMT is the three meats. The salami, right. the ham yeah. and the pepperoni. So that's the three of us. That's you guys. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I'm really glad I asked that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was really not the answer I was expecting <laughs> at all. But, but the best thing is we asked them what BMT stood for. Um, because it, obviously it's not BLT, you know. Yeah. So they said it stands for Big Meat Tasty. Which actually doesn't really make sense either. Yeah, but yeah. it's the, the best name for a sandwich, yeah. right? Yeah. Big meat tasty. So <laughs> that took our attention and uh, we ran away with it. Yeah. yeah. Perfect. Really glad I asked that. Um, <laughs> I want to ask you then about romance. You guys have performed it before. Um, mm. I want to know like how the show developed. I was kind of quite touched by the description of the show, in particular um, in your press release. Baron, you're quoted as saying, we had the opportunity to create a show, so we thought, what do we have together? We don't want to do a show about politics or come across as pretentious, so we made a show about male friendship because that's what we experience every day. That's lovely. (laughs) Um, (laughs) How did you turn that concept into an actual show, though? What was it like? What was that development process like? I think it was what was a big help was um, our disciplines yeah. when it came to making the show. So me and Baron do hand to hand, and Charlie does sea wheel, um, and you know hand to hand is like very much two guys holding hands, mm. and that seemed like a good starting point. Kind of looking at um, how that is read when we're doing a trick versus like when we come down and if we're just walking holding hands like yeah in a, we're doing kind of the same thing in a way obviously he's not doing a handstand when we're holding hands on the floor but like yeah we're just looking at the sim- symbology of symbolism of that and then charlie's will was a very good um physical manifestation if you will of like personal space and right so you know how you can have your guard up or your guard down you can let your friends come into your personal space and be comfortable with them or you can kind of shun them away so it felt like there was between those two disciplines there was a lot of um a lot of material to be drawn from and explored but it was nice because it kept it simple as well it wasn't too it wasn't you know a thousand different kind of 
analogies and whatever whatever you whatever you want in it it was quite it still feels like it's quite um like nuanced though because yeah as you say there's lots of opportunities for you to sort of explore those things even though it seems quite simple was there much that changed between sort of how the show was the first time you performed it and now like have you added more details how has that worked yeah i think as a company our shows uh, in creation they are created and then but the biggest development of them is whilst they're on tour right and we we really enjoy kind of keep uh, ups upskilling them and we'll just change little jokes here and there and listen to the audience quite a lot uh, we, we really share the show with the audience and so if something's not working or if something accidentally happens we, we always allow for accidents to happen as well because that's where the funnest stuff comes from a lot of the really funny jokes that we enjoy in the show have come actually from accidents and right. we'll go off stage after and say we need to do that again just tomorrow. keep that yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so that's been really fun for it to develop quite organically and as we travel to different parts of the world different things get different reactions you know from different cultures and that's super intriguing as well um, well yeah like that was something I noticed is that it I mean it's circus but there's like so much comedy in it um, did you like learn comedy or were you just like this this stuff's funny to us we're going to put it in the show like how did that come about um we're very lucky to have the director who we have for this show mm-hmm. who's eddie k and um he's just the most hilarious man he's worked <laughs> with deviate physical theater but okay. like just his presence in a room you're just constantly laughing so just to have him on board kind of stretch we created like half an hour of this show on our own and then we brought him along and he turned it into a full show before we performed it uh, in 2014 in edinburgh and um yeah, a lot of it's down to his energy and his hilarious ideas. And he really kind of like, he's really good at drawing each of our own kind of ways of being funny out of us individually. Um, which is nice because the idea of like trying to be funny on stage is kind of scary, you know? Like, yeah. oh, I'm going to try and be funny, but I'm super scared that I might bomb. But he's really good at kind of getting out, you, out of you seamlessly in the mm. rehearsal process. Yeah. Nice. So big up, Eddie K. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it's it's definitely very funny. Um, I wanted to kind of ask you in terms of like just making circus. Like, it seems like um, circus shows are getting really popular. Well, there's kind of like a bit of a swell in the number of circus mm. performances going on, particularly at the Fringe. There's just so much out there, and it's all very different, different takes on the sort of different themes. I kind of want to know then, like, what were the challenges for you in terms of putting on circus in such a crowded environment? Like, how do you stand out from all of that and do you have any advice to other people who might want to do a sort of circus it feels like what underbelly's managed to do really well is kind of create an area for circus right well i'm not you know necessarily sure if it was just but but before that it was quite hard to find the circus amongst all the dance and physical theater and stuff but yeah um, now they've got a circus hub down there that's kind of like you know that if you go down to that place it will be guaranteed be circus so yeah. I think that 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 and, and they're obviously such a commercial company they've got their thing on South Bank and you kind of see them everywhere um, and yeah no I think they've they've done really well at actually kind of drawing all the lost circus performers <laughs> and like putting them somewhere them in like a little yeah and they put them in a little pen on a meadow that's what <laughs> 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 penning them in a space yeah, yeah, exactly. you can find them they're there yeah, the real 
But I, like, I wonder in terms of like, because obviously it's just, there's so many people with such incredible talent who can physically do such insane things. Um, I think what sort of sets your show apart to me is the fact that it's not just about like the tricks. Obviously you guys are like incredible, but there's other stuff, there's sort of characters and comedy and da, da, da. was that like a conscious choice where you just like we're not going to like outperform the rest necessarily we want to add other things or what how did that kind of did you make a conscious choice in that way or was it i don't know a more natural kind of development i think we had quite a um lucky like education at the circus school that we yeah. went to we were really taught about theater and dance and all this and critical theory and all this kind of stuff and so that really fueled into we know we can do cool kind of little tricks here and there. And if we wanted to do that, we wouldn't be kind of creating a show necessarily. So this for us was was really a chance to put all that together and put our training together and kind of say what we wanted to say and um, in a really like fun, our own way as well. You know, we had never made circus shows before and we were very lucky to have the opportunity to make a circus show. And I think every circus show is different because there's not a structure that you can necessarily uh, abide by. Mm-hmm. And one really lovely thing about circus is it's it's all about the unique, you know. It's we're taught to very much like breakdance. We're taught to to find your own flavour, um, and that was really great for us as we kind of graduated to to have that confidence in ourselves that what we do is is exciting and is unique, um, and so therefore us pooling us three together really creates a little unique package that is interesting to people, and we don't have to then worry about what the competition is doing or what our friends are doing because nobody's doing what we're doing in a, in a very simplistic way. Um, so that that means that competition is, is really like lovely in circus because yeah. your friend's success isn't detrimental to, to your success. Whereas right. a lot of other kind of trades, it doesn't seem necessarily like that. Mm. Well, it's interesting that you guys mentioned that you were kind of very similar, like in terms of when you started out and you were like studying together basically um you seem to have very similar skills because you differentiate yourselves really clearly on stage like you have very separate characters you seem like very different to each other like you represent a really different thing to each other um yeah like i kind of was wondering then you know you mentioned when things go wrong sometimes you add them to the show but your like bodies are on the line you know and you're trying to perform for however long in this case you're performing every day at the fringe basically if something does go wrong what the heck is plan B? Like, how do you protect yourselves? <laughs> it, you know, I don't know. It just seems like there's so much trust you've got to have with each other. Can you talk me through that a little bit? Um, well, sometimes when things go wrong in a show, it makes for like great um, improv or oh, really? spontaneous <laughs> moments. Obviously not a trick because if a trick goes wrong, it can be dangerous. But like, for instance, when we did uh, Bromance here in 2015, mm-hmm. um, during Charlie's act, he hit one of the chairs of his wheel and it completely oh. shattered the chair. And then obviously the next scene, yeah, the next big the kind chair. of moment <laughs> is the whole chair bit when we're moving chairs around and sitting down on chairs and doing acrobatics on and off of chairs. And suddenly we were just like, chair short. <laughs> how do we even get through this piece? What, what do we do? Oh, no. But for some reason it became something else. It was like a new act that was just created on the spot and we had to address the chair and the audience was so on our side with it that it just became like this amazing like four minute comedy like <laughs> spoof version of that already existing act yeah so that was great and sometimes them kind of moments that go awry make it are lovely you know what i mean like the other day someone's phone started ringing and we're allowed to address it because we're looking at the audience the whole time mm. so we just told him to answer their phone and 
it was just funny and there was a baby crying the other day so we like pretending to start crying along with the baby and stuff and like little things like that are really nice for us so it's not really like going wrong it's kind of just becomes part of the show yeah exactly (laughs) okay well I i think with the tricks yeah maybe we make them look like they're close to going wrong sometimes but yeah we really can't mess up certain that. things no i still yeah. felt you were in control yeah. even though yeah, it was yeah, like yeah. you know <laughs> i trusted that everything was in under control um i want to know then like in terms of like actually performing for a long time and touring and things like that do you have like a regime that you follow or is there such thing as like overdoing it like how do you maintain like your show physically so this year we <laughs> taking the responsible move of joining a spa oh yeah <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> um, yeah because like i know like definitely the the, fr- the fringe is a bit of a beast so yeah. i think you can't really come out of it feeling great if you can i don't know what's wrong with you <laughs> like, i don't know how you've achieved that but um yeah so like other other fringes we've definitely come come out of it with like little tight areas nothing like too crazy crazy but um but yeah, you always come out of it feeling a bit worse for wear. So this time, we have joined the spa. We've joined yeah. the spa for the month. It's got, I don't know, man, like steam room, sauna, dry sauna. Like and that's part sauna. of the regime now. You just go in there. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly, as of this year. Like, that's on the rider. You need to be near a spa, at least five minutes from, at most five minutes from a spa. <laughs> Fair enough. And how are you guys feeling now? It's halfway through. Feeling pretty good. Pretty good. Pretty yeah. good. Yeah. We've got a nice daytime show, which is really lovely. Our show's on at three o'clock, yes. which is the earliest we've had it at the Fringe. And it works really nicely for us, actually. So that's great. Do you have some advice for other people who maybe want to take a show in terms of like surviving that whole month? Maybe not doing like as intense physical kind of performance as you, but like, do you have any advice that you'd give to other performers? Join us Yes. <laughs> okay. One spot. Yeah. <laughs> um, pace yourself, and uh, I think it's very easy to have FOMO at the fringe, the fear of missing out. Yeah. And I think everyone will always have that at the fringe, so just don't feel that you're missing out because you'll be enjoying something somewhere. But yeah, for sure. I want to ask then, like, if someone is kind of maybe contemplating starting a show or bringing a show, like, what are the reasons they should do it, and what are the things they should watch out for the pros and the cons what do you think definitely one of the main pros is the amount of other like work that you're exposed to mm-hmm. um, there's people from literally all over the world here and there's so much art and there's so much opportunity there's like what 2,000 shows a day yeah so something crazy yeah, there's kind of no excuse to, to not be inspired um, but at the same time there is like so much inspiration so definitely kind of go and make use of that um, which is a lot harder harder done than said yeah <laughs> that's not even how you say that saying <laughs> <laughs> we knew what you meant <laughs> backwards and wrong <laughs> <laughs> any main cons things people should be aware of that are like quite actually quite challenging about bringing a show to the fringe I think you just have to have a really great team behind you right um, because it's especially that first week getting your show in there if you're not prepared for it there's a lot of things that can can not go wrong necessarily but just happen um and you have to kind of be quite flexible and relaxed about that um and just yeah having a great team behind you that help the preparation mean that when you're performing you can really focus on performing um because performing and kind of being behind the scenes organizing things 
at the fringe is quite tricky i think because yeah. it's so uh, demanding yeah for sure for sure last proper question what would you guys like to explore next in terms of your own performance or circus art in general Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well we're at the very early stages of thinking about a new piece and we want it to be a lot bigger with mm. a lot more acrobats and that opens the doors to like way crazier tricks and mm. things and things in the air and big spectacle yeah well your eyes so. are lighting up so mm -hmm. i'm excited <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much guys thank you thank you, thank you very much Thanks for listening to this episode of the Spotlight Podcast. If you've got any questions for us or things you'd like us to cover in an upcoming podcast, send us an email at questions at spotlight.com. That's all for now from the home of casting. <laughs>